0: This week on the Fit for Purpose podcast, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking to someone who is a big part of where you see levelling up, head on meet the net zero agenda. We're talking to Kerry Driver at BP. It's obviously a company that itself is going through a massive transition and we can talk a little bit about what that means but of course, also increasingly, it's, it's a company that's not just reimagining energy, which is what it's having to do. It's also working with us to reimagine opportunity. And that's why we're so excited to be able to, to talk to, to Kerry today. Kerry, welcome very, very much to the Fit for Purpose podcast. Tell us a little bit about your role as executive vp for people and culture an amazing title but what, what does it actually mean um for you working in vp
1: brilliant well thanks justine and i'm delighted to be able to join you here today uh, and as you say i'm what we call evp people and culture and so for me at bp i'm really responsible for the full employee experience um everything I'd say from recruitment to retirement, making sure um, our amazing people get paid, how we develop them, as well as the environment in which they work. So both our offices, our workplace and our culture. Um, And in all of that as well, I also have responsibility for our health and wellbeing teams, which of course uh, in recent times has been very high up on our agenda, as well as uh, the work that we've been doing around social mobility, both of which are really, really big uh, passions of mine. And we've got some exciting stuff going on right now. So, as you've mentioned, we're reimagining energy and we are reinventing BP in uh, response to that. And certainly that's involving a lot of changes in the people agenda, too. So, everything from our reward structure to how we think about leadership, our hybrid ways of working. Uh, we're also doing work around how we manage performance. And you know, one of the big things we're focused on as well is how we make our company more agile. So working in very different ways. So there's no shortage of exciting things going on right now, that's for sure.
0: And I guess for the, the whole business, it's, it's a massive change. I mean, on the culture side of things, how is it affecting people who were already at the com- company, but also the kinds of people that you're bringing on board?
1: So I think the reality is, um, as I've said, we are reimagining energy, uh, what we call for people and planet. And as I think, you know, we are um, we are transitioning ourselves from what we used to call an international oil company to an integrated energy company. So our goal is to be a net zero organization by 2050 or sooner. And that really means uh, growing our low carbon business. It means uh, thinking differently about how we partner with regions, cities and companies, helping them to get to net zero, as well as building out other aspects of our business, such as mobility or convenience. So there's a lot of new areas that we're growing internally, as well as the key to um, our ongoing performance in uh, some of our traditional parts of our business, too. So there's a lot. Of change and certainly from a culture standpoint as you point out this is you know a huge amount of change for our company too because we're having to think very differently about our place in the world And what does that mean? Well, it means we are thinking also very differently about sustainability. Uh, We've just launched our new sustainability framework. Uh, We're also thinking very differently about purpose, which is why it's great uh, that we're here today having this conversation. And as I said, you know, we're reimagining energy for our people and planet, which is our new company purpose. Uh, But we're also transforming the company. And it's not just about the what we're doing, it's about the how and the environment that we're changing um, for our people. And what does that really mean in practice? Well, you know, we have um, undertaken the biggest transformation of our company structure in our 112 year history over the course of the last 12 months. So we've completely reorganized our business. We've removed layers. Uh, We're becoming much more integrated. Historically, we were probably more of a siloed company that ran businesses that were very focused on their sector, we're much more focused on being integrated, and we genuinely believe that that is um, and will be one of our distinct advantages. And of course, uh, we're growing out our new businesses, as I've said, in in low carbon, in other areas, whether that's digital, whether it's um, wind or power, for example, all new areas that we're really focused on. And what this means is that we need to work in very different ways. So being an agile company, being faster, being more efficient, but not forgetting that we also need to remain safe um, is critical. And I think it's creating some exciting opportunities for our people.
0: And I suppose it's this challenge, isn't it, of, if you like, delivering on day-to-day business, which still goes on, whilst at the same time changing quite dramatically and, and steadily over time. And then alongside that, of course like everyone (laughs) caught up in the COVID pandemic and that completely changing people's work habits. yeah no absolutely
1: I think if I could have um, had this conversation just before we went into the first lockdown I don't think I would have thought I'd be reorganizing the company from my from my lounge (laughs) Um, but that's what we've been doing you know um, March 2020 was a shock for you know many companies and you know that Um, caused us to think very differently about how we keep our company running Um, at the same time maintaining you know safe operations looking after our people caring for them Um, doing all of that whilst also restructuring the business completely Um, but yeah it's been it's been a very tough year and um, I don't think any of us could have imagined how we would how we would have to do all of these things at the same time but I also think Justine that's Actually, um, what we've seen is the power of the human spirit as well in coming together and caring for each other and the communities in which we operate as well as keeping our operations running because we provide essential services. And at the same time, thinking to the future because we got to keep today running, but we also have to know, or we also know we have to change for the
0: future uh, and the future won't wait. Yeah, and it, it paints a picture of really just this almost entire reset. By the time you add in COVID, it's almost an entire reset for BP. Um, but in a weird way, it just simply underlines that w- the future looks different to, to the past for, for this huge business that literally everybody, everybody knows and, and probably most people will have used a BP petrol station yep. <laughs> um, over their time. So let, let's come on and talk a little bit more about levelling up then. So mm. Massive Transformation, you talked, talked about how how much it necessarily impacts people, you know, working at BP. Tell us a little bit about what levelling up, in a sense, means to a, a company like BP in terms of the business and, and, and the, the, the company people you've already got.
1: Yeah, levelling up um, is something that means a huge amount to BP um, and to the people who who work for us and it's in different ways been the type of agenda that we've been involved in on a global scale over many years actually in some of the communities in which we've operated um, which is why it's a real pleasure to be having the conversation with you today and also to be engaged um, in the leveling up activity and I'd say for me personally it you know, simply means, you know, creating opportunities for everyone to succeed um, on an equal playing field. Um, And As we've talked, you know, when I reflect on my own background, I took a a different path to many, um, not having gone straight to university, but instead, you know, choosing to go to work. And as I reflect on that, I think had people not been willing to support me personally or provide opportunities, I'm not sure I would have been where I am today. And that's why, you know, the work that we have been doing at BP and now we're able to do in partnership with you as well um on the leveling up agenda is so exciting because as a company it's you know it's exciting for me personally but it's exciting for BP because um we are committed to working in partnership really for what we call a just transition you know what's happening right now in society um with the planet and in our company I believe is a de- really a defining moment in history, you know, the impact on society, the opportunity to improve people's lives is a really thrilling part, you know, to be a part of. Um, and we as a company want to do that in a way that gives everyone a fair chance. Um, and just as an example of that, Justine, you know, to highlight it, we recently, as we were talking about our diversity and inclusion agenda here at BP, um, which we've had for many years and uh, we take very seriously, we recently refocused the way we talk about that to include equity. So we now talk about it as D, E and I, not just D and I. And that was a big deal for us because it signaled a recognition that not everyone starts from the same place. You know, it's important uh, that we have programs, that we have offers that support where people come from and the position that they find themselves in. And I think, you know, that as we think about that as BP, it it really spans right across the talent lifecycle as I think about my role, whether that's, Partnering from an education standpoint, whether it's community outreach, you know, then how we hire, develop, promote people uh, through the organization. And certainly as we bring talent into BP and and think about that, um, you know, these are really important factors.
0: And is part of this for you the fact that actually BP can be better by being more diverse and that perhaps almost you've got this legacy business Um, I spent a long time in government and obviously know the civil service really well and 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 almost that that risk that you you kind of tend to have the same people almost that there's such a strong culture of a BP person that even if you get very different people they end up becoming quite similar and, and you need to get that diversity I guess don't you to really thrive in the future.
1: Well absolutely. and I think for many years you know there's been a strong business case for diverse teams and diverse thinking that um, creates better solutions and better outcomes. So we genuinely believe that. Um, but as we think about our new um, our new direction and where we're taking the company, we are evolving into different spaces as I've said that we haven't been, in before and so that in of itself means we need even more diverse thinking and experiences and we need people who have come from different places in life Um, and what that means for us is we're also hiring from different places too whether that's um, different types of universities or whether it's just different types of companies you know historically Mm -hmm. we would have chosen if we'd hired experienced hires, predominantly to have hired those from the energy industry, you know, we're now hiring people from very different types of places. Um, we've, you know, recently hired from Google, from Tesla, you know, some of these uh, different tech kind of companies. Uh, we're hiring um, from different financial institutions. You know, we are looking very differently at the skills and experiences that we are bringing into our company, and that will, I believe, make us better. Um, It will help us come to better outcomes and solutions. Uh, And in addition, you know, we'll think about um, how we then partner with different educational establishments so that we can also encourage earlier in the talent pipeline individuals to become interested in the type of work that we're doing in the energy industry or in engineering. And there's lots of exciting stuff we're doing in that space as well.
0: Just tell us a little bit about almost this distinction between the BP is now really making between almost the academic qualifications maybe that a person might have the university they might have gone to versus Mm. something that is distinct from that in a way which is their underlying potential yeah in the sense that often you can you can look at a CV but there's a there's a definite potentially for some people a big part of it is is really telling you much more about like where they started rather than where they're going to go and I guess for BP to be successful you need to be able to tilt to being this business that really is able to identify those high potential people literally from wherever they're coming from.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely and I think that's also about us looking at different sources of talent than perhaps the ones that we would have originally. So as you would expect, as a company, we have um, apprenticeship programmes as an example, and we use those very deliberately in different parts of our organisation. And um, one example of that would be as we think about the offshore wind work that we are embarking on here in the UK, we are very deliberately also building an offshore wind apprenticeship programme. So we will be able to source um, individuals with potential to work in some of the new areas of our business. Um, But beyond that, we're also partnering with um, other organisations. I mean, the Princess Trust is a a great example too. We recently um, explored some work with the Princess Trust to bring in um, some individuals into our retail organisation who are on different... Um, types of work experience that we perhaps wouldn't have accessed otherwise and these are people from from different um, types of social backgrounds and actually you know we've now hired some of those individuals directly into our retail operations. And for me that's just a brilliant example of us accessing talent through different connected uh, networks um, that we might not have otherwise have done and recognizing as you say potential Justine because um, that's what some people need they need an opportunity and a chance to show what they can do and actually you know when they get there you realize that you've managed to hire someone really great so um, more of that to come, and certainly um, thinking very carefully about um, our graduate intake too, and, and the universities that we partner with, and how we um, and how we bring individuals into our organisation. And we'll see more of it as well as we build out our business in Teesside. So uh, Net Zero Teesside, which is um, a new project that we're partnering in, um, in, uh, you know, a a difficult area of our country. Um, And we'll be creating around 5000 jobs over time in that project uh, that will enable us to to bring in individuals from that area into jobs that
0: wouldn't otherwise have been there. And I think what's really interesting and exciting about all of this is that, of course, the whole BP organization has some incredibly different career paths people can take. As you said, there's a piece of it that is retail. It's the bit that we probably see most of us listening to this every day. But there's obviously the energy piece of it. And increasingly, that becomes effectively environmental in terms of you know the, the sort of green energy aspect of the business becoming ever bigger so almost the more of these roots in you can find once you're in really that the ability to kind of shift around the business and have some very different careers ahead of you then becomes absolutely fantastic for people I guess.
1: Yeah absolutely and I also think that's the power of our shift and our new um, our new strategy, because as I said earlier, the key to that is being an integrated energy company. That's how we will deliver net zero. And so what does that really mean in practice? Well, being integrated as an energy organization means, of course, there are key skills that we need um, and we will continue to develop over time and grow as we have done historically, But we also need people who understand integrated offers, which means the career opportunities to move across our company will only increase. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether that's someone who's worked in our convenience and mobility organization that then goes to work in what we call region cities and solutions and putting together integrated offers for big companies. Um, We've done work recently with Amazon as an example and how we work with them to provide low carbon solutions it's you've got to understand all the pieces of the jigsaw and that's uh, something that we are building very much into our talent programs and thinking through as we bring new talent into the company Um, you know today it's possible to join an apprenticeship scheme in our offshore operations but it's also possible to join an apprenticeship scheme in in people and culture in my team or in our trading business you know we we bring in People who have A-level qualifications into our trading business, who become traders over time. Uh, So there's, you know, this huge opportunity to join our company in different ways and then to move around once you get here.
0: And I'm going to come on to your your career, actually, um, in a second. Um, But I mean, behind that, then. I think for the business, and also, you know, I'm someone who I have a purpose. I, I do absolutely know what drives me. You know, it's always been opportunity, social mobility. It's probably why I ended up going into politics, even though I never, <laughs> never had a life <laughs> plan to do that. My career in business is going just fine until I ran for parliament, as it were. Yeah. Um, but in a sense, I know what it's like to be driven. But I, I think that that spark is there in everyone, and. Mm. What's your sense of how that translates on to, to where BP is going now and almost tapping into that spark that you've got across the organisation? Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, it, it's a critical, I think, a critical part of where we are right now and, and where we're headed. And, um, you know, we've been really clear about BP's purpose and certainly, you know, the key to making this a success, in my mind at least, is to tap into individual purpose as well and to make that connection between an individual's purpose and and where we're headed as a company. Um, And so that is something that we are doing very deliberately. So we're running programs internally at workshops as an example right now across the organization, looking at all the new teams, who have been created as part of our restructuring and getting the team to look at their team purpose, connecting why individuals come to work and and where we're headed as an organization. So we're very deliberately talking about that and making those connections. Um, And I think it's paying dividends, certainly as we are hiring people into the company. So I, I think some of the successes we've had in hiring some really great talents over the course of the last 12 months, frankly, are partly because of the purpose we have as a company and where we're headed. I'm sure some of those individuals probably wouldn't have joined us 24 months ago um, before we started uh, thinking very differently about where we were going and uh, net zero. But it is solving one of the biggest challenges that the world has right now that I think gets many people out of bed in the morning. Um, And certainly, you know, that's a real positive for I think many people, including for BP personally. Um, and I, you know, just reflect as well, Justine, on my own mm. personal purpose. I mean, I yeah, you know, like you, I I've thought a lot about this over the course of the last couple of years. And, you know, why do I do what I do? Well, I do it because, you know, I want to impact people on a personal level. I want to leave people and the communities that we work in better than I found them. And, uh, certainly, my experience over the last couple of years has really crystallised that from from two angles, thinking around education and also uh, what we do um, in the health in the health space as well. And I've been really fortunate in my time at BP. Um, I visited tangu our operation um, actually in Papua, mm-hmm. a number of years ago. Which um, it's thirty eight hours roughly f- to get there from London. It's you know a pretty remote place, and we had done a lot of work there with the community in healthcare, in creating infrastructure um, education and jobs and actually it was that visit that I made that really crystallized why I do what I do and why I love doing that job here at BP because I can see very visibly the impact that one can have, and particularly in in the role that I'm lucky enough to have on communities and on people. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's what gets me out of bed every day. And certainly I think the opportunity to do that in a company like BP is very, very special.
0: I I think it really is. And and actually part of this, I think that is so powerful is, I mean, obviously you're one of our leveling up goals commissioners um, and specifically perhaps obviously but specifically (laughs) leading on goal 13 harnessing the energy transition won't be a surprise for people listening but I think the reason we were so delighted to have you as one of the leveling up goals commissioners is because of your own you know your own story is one of social mobility and it's a journey and it's probably a good time for me to ask you to sort of just talk a little bit about you know where where you've come from on those Mm. career steps I mean not everyone ends up Doing this incredible role right at the top of VP, but just tell us a little bit about about the journey, um, yeah. but also just, you know, the challenges on the way as well, you know, the things you've you had to overcome, if you like, to, to be able to get to where you are now. Mm, no, thank you. Um, well, I,
1: as I said earlier, I, I think I probably had a bit of an unconventional start to my career. So um, I left school actually at 16 and I went straight to work. I joined. An apprenticeship program working for an insurance company at the time. And what has been interesting, as I reflected on it more recently, is I think for many years, um, I tried to avoid talking about that. And in fact, I'd probably go as far as to say I was a bit embarrassed by it because, you know, I was working in um, I've always worked predominantly in large corporations. And many of the people that I worked with had come through a more traditional route, you know, hired as graduates um and so it was something that I always felt conscious of and I was as I say a bit embarrassed by and and there was a I guess a a feeling inside of me for many years that I just had to prove that I was as good as the next person which sort of um I think then it sort of, it, I guess, drove me to work harder, to do more, um, because I was trying to prove something to myself. But I was also very lucky. Um, you know, I started work for BT in telecoms, and while I did that, I also continued to study. So um, I did A levels. I took uh, what we called CIPD exams, so the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. I then did a higher national certificate in business. And then eventually I sort of scratched the itch and I um, took some time out from my career to complete a full-time MBA, which I Mm -hmm. did at Henley Business School. Um, But through all of that, I was very determined that I wanted to build a career. And I also wanted to build a global career. I've always been interested in people and different cultures. And I was fortunate that at the time I worked at BT The markets were deregulating and that provided opportunity to work globally, Um, so I had opportunity to work in Italy for a period um, on projects there and then I later on went to Asia and worked across um, the Asia-Pac region in a number of different countries on on various different projects, and that was um, all very exciting because it, you know I was able to see and and be able to work in different environments that I wouldn't otherwise have had the opportunity to do and it really broadened my horizons. Um, I then finished my career at BP and, and I moved back to the UK for personal reasons uh, and completed my MBA but I was really clear that I, I wanted in doing the MBA it was more about wanting to learn different things and uh, to think about different companies and the way different companies worked rather than a a complete change in my career. So I um, completed my MBA. I then considered a number of options to do a PhD, to work in consulting or to continue in HR as as we called it Uh, and that was the route that I chose. I went to work for an American company, Honeywell, where I had again you know a lot of opportunity to work across Europe um, in different areas Uh, and it was there I also um, got married I had two children I've now got three children um, before I eventually joined BP and BP came along offered me actually three jobs uh, before I eventually joined the organization (laughs) (laughs) I always I always say you know what's meant for you doesn't pass you by and um Fortunately, I built a great relationship with my predecessor in the job I'm in today, and uh, he was a great mentor and sponsor of mine through the 11 years that I've been at BP. Um, and I've had opportunity here to work in many different parts of the company, in our shipping business, in our trading organisation, in our corporate functions, in our what we used to call our upstream operations before taking on this role. So it's been a it's been an amazing journey uh, to get to this point and I have feel very privileged to have worked in different countries and different companies and operations but as I reflect on it I think the thing that's been really valuable has been the sponsorship that I've been able to gain in the different companies I've worked in and I really believe personally that that's also a critical um, factor in anyone's success is is not just personal ability because that comes into it and drive Um, but it's also you know having the right sponsors who see something in you and and are able then to help nurture that
0: and I think that point you you make on mentoring and just being able to bounce ideas off people who maybe have been there and got the t-shirt already and Mm. and and you know can just give you that slightly broader perspective I think that's that's hugely important. It's, I mean, it's an absolutely incredible career path and not done yet, Kerry, by (laughs) any stretch of the imagination either. And I mean, obviously you're a woman at the top of business as well. Mm. Um, I mean, definitely a role model. I'd have thought for other people within, within BP, but just how much of that do you think, where does that play in your career? And in a sense, obviously a lot of what you've talked about is, it comes across as a person who really values opportunity almost because those initial opportunities were really hard won and hard to come by. But where's your sort of gender fit into all of this, do you think?
1: Yeah. uh, No, thank you. I think in terms of valuing opportunity, I I completely agree. Um, And I, when people ask me, you know, what advice would you give? I always say, take the opportunities that no one else wants. You know, put yourself in a place where you are willing to try something that's really tricky or difficult and to go the extra mile. And I think through my career, you know, I've I've managed to do that in various different um, settings and to, to do some of the things that have been a bit more tricky or that perhaps other people weren't clamoring to do. Um, but it's always the things that are toughest, I think, that also you learn the most from and then ultimately, you know, you grow and move on to other things. So that's I think the first point I would make and in terms of my gender I mean and being a, a sort of a career woman I mean as I said earlier I have three three children I feel very blessed I've got um, a daughter who's 20 at university right now and two uh, another daughter who's 13 and a son who's 11. Uh, and in fact we've been having conversations with my oldest daughter obviously about what does she want to do and you know talking mm-hmm. about careers and and I I think as I reflect on my career, I've been really fortunate in many ways. My husband is amazing and he has... Um, done nothing but be very supportive so at home at least we have a very equal balance in fact it's probably unbalanced because I think he probably is better at (laughs) things at home than I am if I be completely honest with you Um, (laughs) and he has his own career too so it's not that he just stays at home and and looks after things it's it's a very equal relationship in that regard and he's very supportive so that's kind of one thing I would say Um, but I I think also over time you know, there have been times when I have you know, had maternity leave or there have been times when I've um, wanted to or needed to step out of a meeting because, you know, I've had a call from the school because one of my kids is sick or um, I have missed things because I wanted to go to the nativity play or various things of that nature. And um and there have been times when I've missed things in my family life as well that I reflect on now and I wish I hadn't. Um, I, you know, I've made choices along the way that perhaps I wouldn't make again today, but um, I think it, you know, it is tough. It's tough because trying to balance home and work and a family and be a role model for people and for my, for my daughters as well, I think is um, never easy and I think you never get it all right. Mm. um as much as you want to you can never get it all right and you can't do it everything but what i've learned along the way is really to um to just accept that to a certain degree you know i've made choices that um i might have made differently with the benefit of hindsight but at the same time i've you know i've gained as well so it's about balance and it's about accepting and at the end of the day the way I look at it is, health and happiness are the most important things. You know, whether you're a successful career person or, or not, um, that's what is overriding for me.
0: Totally agree with all of that. And and actually, in reality, I think sometimes, you know, we can look at people who are who look like they're really successful, and actually, you know, if you if you talk to them, they'll say, well. <laughs> doesn't always feel like that's me or you know and I think the challenge is often in society people are portrayed as brilliant and actually it's never quite like that for for everyone um and it's always a much more mixed picture I've got a couple of quick fire questions to maybe two or three what's the best piece of advice I mean you've just given some brilliant advice Kerry to people listening but what's the best piece of advice you've ever received from someone else Oh, thank you. Um, that's a tough one. Um,
1: probably the best piece of advice is f- something that my husband gave to me. Um, my husband was a, a kind of professional sportsman um, before he kind of got into business. And so he you know, spent a lot of time in his early career uh, focused on sport. And one of the things he said to me when we met early on was, make sure you measure yourself by your internal scorecard, not by your, an external one, um, you know, and just, I think, be, worry less about what people think of you and worry most about what's
0: right for you and doing the right thing. Brilliant advice, brilliant. Uh, I have to, uh, my slight admission, it's not an admission, but um, I mean, obviously in politics, you get all sorts of brick bats flung at you. Yeah. And I literally did a little note on my iPhone of what really matters. Um, so that whenever I was like, oh, God, that's driven me back. <laughs> I could look at this note and it would say things like, it doesn't matter. It's how you feel that is most important. It's what, exactly. it's what your friends, your family, you know, the people you love, what they think about you. That's that's what matters most. And, and I used to have this little list. I I mean, I was quite lucky. I didn't really have to look at it that often, but I just think almost having it there to think, you know, all this comes and goes, the rest of it just comes and goes. But fundamentally, these are the things that matter. You know, exactly. That internal scorecard almost, I think, is really, really important.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And we can all worry very easily about what people think or the small things um or what does somebody mean by that um and a lot of the time it doesn't matter and often uh, you don't know what's going on for that person anyway so um
0: yeah just worry about doing the right thing i think okay brilliant brilliant answer to that one next quick fire question proudest mm-hmm. career moment
1: Oh, well, I have to say this job, I suppose, um, in that sense. (laughs) And I am very proud and I feel very privileged um, to be in this role. Um, But even within this role, I would probably say um, last September, we we talked to the markets, to the capital markets about the BP strategy and all of the detail around that. And I um, was very privileged to talk about what we were doing in the people space and how we were changing the company and the culture of our company Um, and I think that was probably a real proud moment for me for a couple of reasons one because actually when I tried to look at what other companies had have done in similar situations it is extremely rare I think there was only one other company I found where their people person talked to capital markets um, about the people agenda and why that's important and the other reason for me was because um, it was on it was Sort of broadcast on video and my parents were able to watch me <laughs> doing it and um and my my dad actually passed away in December so this was September it was before he died and and so for me it was a real kind of moment of um yeah look at look at that dad you know every, even though times were tough when we were growing up they were very loving and supportive and I felt able that uh, I, I felt great that he was able to see that.
0: And that, and that he could see just just how far you'd already got. So I bet it was an. That's a brilliant proudest career moment. And now, final eclectic question: favorite book or favorite movie?
1: Oh, um, can I have one of each? You can <laughs> if you like,
0: there won't be any more after this, I
1: promise. Oh, okay, fine. Um, favorite book is always Lord of the Rings. Um, mm. uh, you know, I read that first when I was fifteen and loved it. And I, you know, and we'd still. Uh, Love it today. Um movie, my favorite movie actually is The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Um mm. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, if you haven't, I recommend it. Um there's a bit of a tearjerker in places, but <laughs> it talks, you know, it talks to the power of human spirit and uh what determination can do.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, I I might try and watch that on Netflix this weekend. <laughs> um Kerry Driver, Executive VP for People of Culture at BP. It's been just fantastic having you on a brilliant podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you as one of our, our levelling at goals commissioners and looking forward to all of that work and thought leadership and, and work on the ground with you and BP that's ahead. So thank you so much for, for doing the podcast today. Brilliant. Thanks, Justine. And great to talk.